Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's headphone promo time. Marthers of all ages. Births and Monsters is very happy to say we're now sponsored by Studio Sweden. Studio Sweden is a company that combines style with technical skill, a variety of colours and designs. I have both over the ear and I now have a pair of Tolov earbuds. They're wireless, they're comfy, they come with their own charger key. It's half a good. For a much more affordable price, Studio Sweden are knocking these things out of the park. The quality is unreal. I've had my over the ears for two years now, and they're still as good as when I first got them. Should give them a try, and you can. You can get your own pair with a 15% discount. All you got to do, I'll put a link in the show notes. Click on that, use the code MIRTHS, and you can get yourself a pair of cracking, long-lasting earphones that make you look funky. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Engage intro voice. Brr, it's cold in here. Yeah, I know, I know. I should change out of these Bermuda shorts. But I like the colors. Ah, let me guess. We're recording, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't mind. Murthers of all ages and genders. If you could send warm thoughts and maybe some butterbeer to chill my bones, that would be much appreciated. Now, as the festive season approaches, let me quote the words of Ted Theodore Logan and William S. Preston Esquire by saying, Be excellent to each other. And... Party on, dudes! On with the paw! Well, hello, my friends. I hope you're feeling groovy and happier than a centipede who's just won a best legs competition. That is a big field. This episode covers a group of creatures who have been maligned and looked down upon for centuries now. But is it deserved? Or, like so many others, has it been bad press? Let's find out, shall we? As we investigate... The history of goblins. Let's do some learning. Time to put on more learning hats. I hope you've got yours at the ready. I'm sure I've got mine here somewhere. Honestly, I really should get this hat room organised, but I keep getting more and more. Where is it? Here we go. <laughs> oh. Yeah, here we go, I think this is the one. Let me just pop this on. A spoonful of sugar. Oh, no, no. That's my supernatural nanny hat. Ah, here it is. Picture a goblin. And what's the image that pops into your head? Small in stature? Maybe. Not the most conventionally attractive. Perhaps. Evil? Well, you would be right. But also wrong. What you may not know is that there's a large variety of goblins in this world. Always has been. That's the tricky thing when it comes to the legend of goblins. It's vast and covers a huge range of physical descriptions and character traits. However, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Let's begin with where the word goblin comes from. Let's have a little smidge of etymology. The term goblin originates way back in the 12th century, the 1100s, many chickens ago. It was first written about in medieval Latin and it was named after a spirit that was haunting a region called Evru. It was then mentioned in the 14th century, 1300s, 200 years later. What happened to that other one? I've got no idea. 
But this, this, this one here, the one in the 14th century, this comes from Norman French. Norman, as in the area of Normandy in France, not just some fella called Norman. Hello, I'm Norman. Can I talk to you about goblins today? Now, the definition of this 14th century one is as follows. I quote, A devil, incubus, mischievous and ugly fairy. End quote. So from the off, goblins have had a bit of a negative connotation attached to them. Is it earned, though? We'll find out. Now, a whole load of countries have their own version of goblins. In Germany, they were known as kobold, K-O-B-O-L-D, which means household goblin. Obviously, house elves took over from them at some point. In Norway, there's the mill goblin. Now, this spirit kicks up a stink if the mill is run late at night or on holy days. There are goblin-type beings that have stories in Japan as well. These are called the mountain goblins, or tengu. Not pingu, which some of you might know is a very weird penguin. This is tengu. Now, they've got two looks. One is an old man with a long nose. It doesn't specify how long the nose is. It could be three inches, could be a foot and a half. The other look is the crow tengu. Now, this is someone who has the wings, the beak and the claws of a bird, but the body of a man. Now, that is cool looking. And also, terrifying. Now, this is what I was talking about when it comes to the look and the characteristics of goblins. In my research, goblins have been described as very short, but also very tall. Thin, but also stout. Invisible, but there's also a huge array of visible ones. I don't know who saw the invisible ones. Even saying that sentence makes my brain hurt. Some goblins play simple but annoying pranks, like tipping over your milk churn or parping in the kettle and closing the lid very quickly. And yet some of them are meant to be the purest evil who will do anything to get what they want. It does sort of make sense that there are such discrepancies because there are origins of goblins from all over the globe. There is one thing that is said of goblins, regardless of their home, that is consistent though. They're ugly. Yellow teeth, hairy brows, eyes that can melt even the hardest of cheese, smelly, icky looking beasts. Basically, the supposed evil nature of the goblins is used to describe how they also looked physically as well. They're badly behaved and they're sometimes evil beasts. That's why they look so nasty. Obviously, this isn't the case. Even a fairy, who are normally described as graceful and beautiful and ethereal, will quite happily slap you in the face if they wake up on the wrong side of the glade. So, because there are so many different kinds of goblins, I'm going to talk about three. The reason for that is that they cover the spectrum of good to really not so good, just to show the variations that you can find in goblin lore.
first one is considered the friendliest of all goblins. This one is called the Hogboon. This creature is also known as a Trow, T-R-O-W. And while some argue that the Hogboon is not your most goblin-y of goblins, it does come under the heading of goblinism. And also when I say the friendliest, yeah, it can still be kind of unpleasant. Now the Hogboon resides on the Scottish beauty that is the Orkney Islands. Side note, people from Orkney are known as Orcadians. Don't make the same mistake as some people have made before and mix up Orcadian with Accordion, because if you squeeze an Orcadian, you will not make music, you will get biffed on the noggin. Anyway, the Hogboon seems to have its origins from the Norse language. I apologise for any Norse listeners. Hogbui, or Hogboon, which roughly translated is Mound Dweller or Mound Farmer. Because that's what they're buried in. They're buried in a mound, a burial mound. The idea was that when the head of the household passed on, they were buried in this mound, but their spirit kept on going and became a watchman of sorts for the house. I say of sorts because the spirit still felt as though the house was theirs. The most of the time they were a positive thing to have in your life, as the house would be protected from ne'er-do-wells or ruffians. However, if you did something that annoyed them, for example, you put up your Christmas decorations before December, then ooh, Boy, they would let you know in no uncertain terms that this was not on. Now, the worst possible thing that anyone could do would be to dig into the burial mound to search for any goods that would be worth stealing. Now, these horrible folk would be, well, not seen again. And that is the friendliest known version of goblins. Just a quick addition as well, while we're in the Scottish region. There is another goblin type known as a bogle. B-O-G-L-E. B-O-G-L-E. Also known as a tatty bogle, which translates as potato goblin. Now this was due to the tatty bogle hiding in potato fields to scare passers-by. Last thing I'll mention about bogles, Scottish comedian Billy Connolly once played the character Bogle McNeep, which translates as Goblin McTurnip, in the terrifying yet well-loved UK kids' programme Wurzel Gummidge, a show about living scarecrows, which was a show about living scarecrows. Also, Wurzel, the main character, could change his head depending on the situation, and if the scarecrows misbehaved, then the crow man, who gave them life, would throw them on the compost heap. Yes, this was a kid's TV programme. And yes, it gave young CK nightmares. Which didn't stop him from dressing up as the Crow Man for one Halloween. The second group I'm going to talk about is called the Calicantazaros. It's called the Calicantazaros. The Cali... I'm not a natural speaker of the Greek language, can you tell? The second group I'll mention is called the Kali Kanzaros. Anyway, the Kali thingies are malevolent goblins in Greek 
and Cypriot folk tradition, and they have a weird story. These goblins would dwell underground. The only time they would come to the surface would be from December 25th to January the 6th, which is the winter solstice fortnight. The name itself, Kalikantaros, is possibly derived from Kalos and Kentoros, or Beautiful Centaur. By the sounds of it, they may have had the looks, they may not have had the smarts. It's believed that these goblins stayed underground sawing the world tree. This is the tree that holds up the earth. Yes, one tree. So that it would collapse along with the earth, creating destruction. However, just when they get to the final part, Christmas Day dawns and they're able to come to the surface. So this tree that they've been sawing for 11 and a half months, they suddenly decide to leave it and go up to Earth and cause a little havoc. They do this for two weeks, and then finally, on January the 6th, the sun starts moving again, and they must go underground to continue their sawing. But when they get down there, they realise that the world tree has healed itself, so they must start working on it all over again. This happens every year. Also, the Kalikanzaros goblins are creatures of the night. There were ways people could protect themselves during the days when they were on the loose. They could leave a colander on their doorstep. Bear with me. They could leave a colander on their doorstep. And if a Kalikanzaros approached for their evil doings, he would instead decide to sit and count the holes in the colander until the sun rose and he was forced to hide. So I'm going to suggest, not that there's anything wrong with it, I'm going to strongly suggest that the Kalikanzaros goblins are not the shiniest baubles on the tree. The last group of goblins I'm going to talk about today are redcaps. So just very briefly, redcaps are considered some of the nastiest in the goblin world. They originate in the UK, mostly in Scotland, but also on the border with England, living in the ruins of castles. And as you know, the UK is covered in castles. Covered, I tell you. Here's the scary part. The reason they're called redcaps is that the redness of their caps is from the blood of their victims. Pretty grim, but is it true? Find out right after this short ad. Bobby, Cass, where are they? Bobby, Cat. Ah, my Martha friends, Bobby and Cass are in the garden, head banging. Bobby's got on my Regent headphones and Cass has got the toll of earbuds in. I'm guessing they're listening to some Iron Maiden or Faster Pussycat. They could be hours. Those buds have got seven hours of battery life and can be recharged with their own case. The Regents are black, because Bobby's a bit more gothy. The Tolovs are pink. Cass, a bit more punky. I had got them for myself, but hey, share and share alike. It did help that Sudio offer free shipping worldwide. You don't even have to go to Sweden. But I'd still recommend it, it's beautiful. 
and you get your own 15% off your own studio headphones, all you got to do is use the code MIRTHS. Link will be in the show notes. And away you go. Rock and or roll, my fur babies. Welcome back to Goblins, an introspective. Now, would you like to tell your side of the Red Cap story? Aye, I would. Martha's. Please let me introduce to you Mr. Angus McGillicuddy. Angus is a red-capped goblin, and I asked him here today to give their side of the story. So, Angus, red-caps have got this notorious reputation of being evil, nasty killers. You're here to tell the folks this may not be the case. It's no the case. No. That came about... Because of Sir Walter Scott. Sir Walter Scott? Scottish author of such classics as Ivanhoe, The Lady of the Lake and Waverley. Aye, that Walter Scott, author of such classics as Ivanhoe, etc. He also did another book, The Minstrelsy of the Scottish Border. In this he took the real-life character of Lord William de Soulis. <sighs> Long story short. Billy Soulis was a figure from the 1300s who was a traitor to most and had a rather nasty end. What Wally Scott did in his writing was to give this nasty lord a familiar, and the familiar was a murderous conniving and downright evil redcap. And a familiar is a supernatural entity who would work on behalf of witches, wizards and downright nasties. Aye. So this reputation of redcaps being awful beasts, who would even biff their own mother on the bonds. All cause of Walter Flame and Scott, and his talent as a writer. Did he think of us, though? No. Sales, sales, sales. Gee whiz. I love my ma, you know. I would never biff her on the bonds. Not twice. So what are redcaps really like, then? We've got folk listening. How would you describe you and your kind? What a lovely group of goblins, CK. Actually, the best way to describe us is by using the story of Bernard. Bernard is a redcap who lives in a room in Grantully Castle in Perthshire in Scotland. Yes, a room. Not even the whole castle. You know why? So weary travellers have somewhere to crash if they're lost or in need of a place for the night. Does Bernard then murderise them? No, he does not. He gives them a room, a hot cocoa, and in the morning a full Scottish breakfast. Okay, so Scotland's got a bit of a... bit of a reputation when it comes to the quality of their food. Uh, some folk may not know what a Scottish breakfast involves. You give them a bit of a rundown of the staples of a Scottish breakfast? Oh, it's rare fine. Bacon. Eggs. Big beans. Black pudding. Okay, I admit that's the English, but we like it, it's got blood in it. A wee bit of haggis, of course, some square sausage, cup of tea, and as many buttered bread slices as you can mash into your craw. Getting hungry just talking about it. <clears throat> My point is, Bernard is a much better example of what a redcap actually is. 
there's a lot more Bernards than there is nasty Robin familiars amongst my kind. But no, folk always want to see the bad side. So the stories of violence against travellers, not true? Okay, so there was always going to be some bad eggs. But that's more to do with folk who come ransacking into the home of a red cap. The sea castle ruins. They are our homes. So, you know, if someone comes into your house without asking, then you give them a hefty scalp on the lug and send them on their way. Just a wee aside, listeners. A scalp on the lug is a clip round the ear. Exactly, listeners. If you happen to forget that you're holding an axe in your hand whilst one is scalping... Then, you know, whoops. Well, thank you, Angus. That was enlightening. It is always good to hear that another malign creature isn't as bad. Mostly, as the legends would suggest. Nay, bither at all. Quick question. You've got three cats, right? I do, yeah. Are you going to eat them all, or can I have one? I'm famished. Thanks for coming, Angus. I don't want to keep you. And there you have it, my friends. Just a nibble. That's another episode done for you. Just a leg. Angus. I know, I know, I'm kidding, Maloon. So long, Martha's. And if you happen to see a red cap in your local castle ruin, say hello and feel free to bring cats. I mean snacks. Snacks, I mean snacks. Bye. And there you have it, my friends. Another episode for you about the interesting lives of goblins. Oof. If you would be good enough to stay after the music, I've got a couple of wee announcements for you. I'm going to go get the cat. Till next time, my friends. Slantia. Your good health. Okie dokie, folkies. So, uh, just a wee couple of things to tell you. Firstly, got a new patron. Brittany Neff. Brittany just joined up recently. And Brittany will be starting her own podcast soon called Dark and Deadly. Very much looking forward to that. Thank you so much, Brittany. The other bit I'd mentioned, but I shall mention. The other bit I'll mention is actually about patron, actually. I'm going to suspend payments for the month of January as a wee, I guess, Christmas gift and also because I have been very behind in sending out merch. I know from what you've told me, you don't mind. I do. So I'm pausing January payments and I will also pause July payments as well. And I'm also going to be posting out these stickers and everything Tomorrow, I have them all sitting on my desk, ready to go, and we're going to be sent out. Last thing I'd like to mention is that, thanks to you all, I won an award. I won the Discover Pod Award for Best Kids and Family Podcast, and I'm overwhelmed. Still, it was like three weeks ago now. 
Um, thank you all so much. It was utterly bewildering, completely out of the blue, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Didn't get into this for awards, but I'll take it. <laughs> it was a, a blissful feeling, and I thank every single one of you who took the time to vote and rate and view and all the things that you, wonderful things that you do and the things that you send me and the kind messages. Can't thank you enough. Last thing I'll mention is uh, there will be one more episode before um, Christmas Day in the morning. Um, It'll be close to Christmas Day. It's going to be about a subject I wasn't going to do, but I've had a couple of requests and I think it could be kind of fun. So um, I will keep you updated on that. But for the time being, my sweet, amazing Marthers, have a cracking time doing whatever you're doing. My lovely Martha friends, I shall speak to you again soon. Ta-ta for now. It does sort of make sense there are such discrepancies because they're oranges... Orange, oranges? Ah, there are oranges of goblins from all over the globe.